Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Brett McKay here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. The holiday season is upon us. It's time for getting cozy, making memories, and looking forward to the new year ahead. And my guest today has plenty of research-backed insights on how to take each of those things to the next level. His name is Mike Viking and he's the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute and the author of the Little Book of Huga, Danish Secrets to Happy Living, as well as the Art of Making Memories, How to Create and Remember Happy Moments. We begin our discussion exploring the Danish concept of Huga, which is the art of getting cozy and how it helps Danes survive their long, harsh winters. Mike also discusses his research on how to create lasting memories. We then combine these two ideas to explore how lighting, food, scent, and more can help you inject more huga into the holiday season and make Christmas in the coming year your most memorable yet. You want to grab a hot cocoa and wrap yourself in a blanket, sit in front of a roaring fire, cozy up before listening to the show. After it's over, check out our show notes at aom.is cozy. Right. Mike Viking, welcome to the show. Thank you. So you are the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute and author of two books that I really enjoyed. The first one is The Little Book of Huga, Danish Secrets to Happy Living and the Art of Making Memories. So how did a guy with the name of Mike Viking end up being the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute and writing about happiness? Uh, you start to wonder why is it that Denmark often do well in all these happiness rankings and you think there should be somebody trying to explore this and there should be somebody setting up a think tank on happiness in Denmark and then you think maybe I should do that Um, so that that was seven years ago and um, we work on uh, well-being, happiness, quality of life, trying to look at, at happiness from a scientific perspective. I know the Happiness Research Institute sounds like a magical place, and people imagine that all we do all day is look at puppies and eat ice cream, uh, but we look at a lot of, of data and studies and evidence. So let's talk about this, this concept of huga. I didn't, I wasn't aware of this until I think maybe two years ago, and then all of a sudden, I saw it popping up in the media in social media posts here in the United States. What is Hugo? What does it mean? And what does it mean to Danes in particular? So I think the best short definition of Hugo is uh, the art of creating a nice atmosphere. So it's, it's moments where we enjoy simple pleasures in life, um, a sense of togetherness, a sense of relaxation, um, 
And of course, that happens everywhere around the world. But what is uniquely Danish is that we have a word that describes that situation. And secondly, also, I think that we see it as part of our sort of cultural DNA, uh, perhaps a little bit the same way that that Americans see freedom as inherently American. Danes will see Hugo as inherently Danish. And for me, like the, what I think of Hugo, it's always like, I, so I, for me, like the translation, the way I think about it in my brain is coziness, right? That atmosphere that's, that's cozy. So, I mean, do other cultures like over in Scandinavian countries, they also have a concept similar to Hugo? I think the closest is probably uh, the Netherlands uh, further south. They have a word in Dutch called uh, geselligheid, uh, which I think is the one uh, language that comes closest to having a similar word to Huga. And So what are the components? Like when, when a Dane says, I'm going to have a Huga night or Huga day, like what elements are there to make that happen? So I think it's perhaps best explained with an example. So a few years ago, I was in in Sweden with some friends. And um, it was December and we had been out out hiking in the afternoon and came back inside. And we got a a fire going in the fireplace. And we also had a, a stew boiling on the stove. And those were sort of the sounds you could hear. And um, we were just, you know, kicking back, relaxing, uh, sipping some wine. And one of my friends said, then, you know, could this be any more hugely? And then one of the girls said, yes, if there was a storm outside, because who is also this feeling of being sheltered uh, from the outside. So I think uh, that exemplifies what, what who is or how we should feel. Um, I think also some, some Americans pronounce it huggy. Uh, and I think we should all switch to that because uh, that is actually, you know, sort of the, the essence of, of what it should feel like, like, like a good hug. Well, that was, that was interesting. This, this sort of contrast you need for Huga is that uh, typically there's, it, it comes after like exerting yourself, right? It, you feel more Huga when there's like more adverse, like if there's a bad storm outside, if it's snowing outside, or you've, it, yeah. uh, you, you've worked really hard that day and then you can just feel super relaxed and super like you can put your hair down. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And also I think Danes use it as a survival strategy for winter. Uh, you know, we, we, we do have summers in Denmark. It's it's four lovely hours and then it's back to winter again. Uh, but uh, so so we have long, dark, uh, cold winters. Um, and Danes, I think, use hugas to get through those. So being indoors with your good friends, uh, having some nice food, lighting up some candles uh, and sort of taking it slow indoor. Uh, I think that's how we get through winter. So your latest book is The Art of Making Memories. What's the connection between Huga and, and making memories, do you think? Well, I think both comes down to also being present uh, at, the, at the current moment. And I think the, the main message of the new book is that uh, we can actually influence what we and our friends and our family remember um, and become sort of memory architects. And I think... You know, I spoke recently to, to a, a Polish woman who had read the book and she was reminded of a time when she was about eight years old and she was having dinner with her mom and her sister and they're having a good time, they're laughing, uh, they're feeling happy. And then her mother says to them, I hope you remember this moment. And here we are 30 years later, she still remembers that moment because her mother made her pay attention to it. Um, and, and I think that's a very sort of simple but very effective tool in terms of making memories or ensuring that people remember certain things. Of course, it's also a tool that can be overused because if you, every time you sit down with your kids, say, 
I hope you remember this moment. They're going to tell you to shut up. Uh, but but used every once in a while, I think it's really powerful. And it, it's it's also a, a tool of hygge. You know, uh, you notice how hygge this is. Notice how much we're actually enjoying this moment. Danes have a habit of calling out hygge when, when they feel it. Well, you talk about, too, in The Art of Making Memories, this idea of nostalgia. And nostalgia is a weird emotion because you both you feel both happy and sad at the same time sort of a longing for that time. And yeah, for me in my life, I when I think of like memorable or nostalgic moments, it's kind of got that huga feeling to it. It's cozy. I'm with my family at Thanksgiving in my grandpa's ranch in New Mexico, smelling uh, pinyon wood burning in his wood-burning stove and pancakes. Nice. It's nostalgic and it's cozy as well at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 one of the more interesting emotions because it has a uh, complexity to it that we don't see with with some of the other emotions. Um, it is bittersweet, uh, but it's interesting what you mentioned about your your grandfather's ranch and uh, that you know part of the memory is the scent, the smell of the the wood uh, burning, uh, because that's also also one of the the patterns in why we remember some things. We remember things through association. Uh, so perhaps today, if you, you smell wood burning, you would be reminded of your your grandfather's uh, ranch in, in in New Mexico. I do every time I smell pinyon wood. That's what I think of. I go immediately to that. And, and your your institute has done research on nostalgia. That when someone's going through a hard time, they're feeling down, feeling nostalgic, thinking about a good time in the past can actually boost their happiness, boost their mood. Yeah, so so we see that people use happy memories as a sort of happiness bank. So when we're feeling down, when we're feeling sad or lonely or sort of negative emotions, uh, we use happy memories to counteract those feelings. Um, and we can see overall people who are able to retrieve happy memories are happier overall. And what we also see is one of the things that people struggle with uh, when they are living with depression is of course, they are feeling unhappy right now, but they actually also have uh, trouble remembering any time in the past they were happy. Um, so, so, so hopefully, uh, with this book, we can also help people retrieve some of the happy memories they they have experienced in the past. So, what does the research say about how to to make memories last and be more meaningful? So, you mentioned association, right? So, we associate sense, but anything else that the research has found? Yeah, it's it's really. Interesting to see when we look and talk with people who are 100 years old and ask them about their life stories and ask them about their memories, there is a huge bump uh, around uh, 15 to 30 years old. So we have a lot of our memories from that period in life. And one of the reasons for that is that it's that period in life, we have a lot of first experiences. So you know, first job, uh, first apartment, perhaps first car, uh, first kiss. Mine was with uh, Christy Lee. I was 16 and she was an Australian girl. Uh, whereas we, we in our 40s and our 50s, we don't have so many first experiences. And and first experiences just stick better to memory. And that's also one of the reasons why we can we can feel or experience that life seems to speed up as we get older. Um, so, um, so I think one of the ways to ensure that sort of time slows down and we sort of create more 
meaningful, memorable moments also in our 40s and our 50s is, of course, to seek out uh, new experiences. And that can be, of course, traveling to destinations we haven't been before, but it can also be new experiences in, in a gastronomical sense. Uh, so trying out new food uh, we haven't tried before. So novelty is a powerful memory-making tool, doing new things. Exactly. I mean, how do you how do you inject novelty into Hugo? Because whenever I think of Hugo, I think of like, just like you're doing the same thing. You're, you're in your house, you're wearing your hoodie, right. uh, you got a fireplace going. So how do you inject novelty into that? I think you go about it by using some of the other tools uh, to either make uh, happy memories or retrieve happy memories. Um, so one of the one of the tips in the book is um, to you, you know your brain works a little bit like a or your memory works a little bit like a muscle. So the more you think of something, the more you talk about a certain memory, the more likely that memory is going to be retrieved in the future. The more likely that is going to be stored in your long term memory. Um, and I'm sure you have a lot of photos on your phone. I, I definitely have a lot of photos on my phone, uh, but. You know, back in the 80s, when I was growing up, we used to have these old school photo albums uh, that you actually sat and looked at uh, together as a family. Um, so one of the tips in the book is to curate the happy hundred. Uh, and that means, you know, it could be here between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, get out your phones with your family and go through the pictures from the past year and decide which were actually our 10, 50 or 100 happiest moments um, in the past year and get those photos printed out and put in an old school photo album. I think that's a great exercise if you have kids uh, to sort of get their insight or get their input to what did we actually enjoy this year? What were the fun, uh, happy moments? Um, and put, it, put them in an old school uh, photo, photo album. And that's that's um, that's definitely more Hugo because Hugo is that all about is the, exactly. tactile, so, so tactile. That will be that will be a, a Hugely activity together with the kids. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating. But finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? 
Well, it's one of the first things I did. I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. All right. So it's the holiday season. It's Christmas time. And that's a time that's all about coziness and memory. So I thought it'd be fun to apply the principles in your books to help listeners have the most huga and memorable Christmas ever. So what can people do to make their home feel more cozy at Christmas time? Uh, so I think one of the easy steps is to uh, go Viking crazy on the candles. Um, so Danes associate hugu with candlelight. So the more uh, warmer the light, the softer the light, the more hugely it's considered. So we use a lot of candles in Denmark. We actually use twice as many candles as number two in Europe. Um, so um i think getting out the candles is 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 the first step and and i know it's a very sort of simple uh thing but it's interesting to see how it actually impacts how families interact um so i spoke to a canadian a couple of years ago who had read hugel and because of the focus on lighting and candles in the book he went out and he bought some uh, chandeliers and started to light uh, candles for dinner at home and um and him and his wife, they have three teenage sons. And when this guy he started to light the candle, the boys, uh, his sons, they started to tease him. You know, Dad, what's going on with the candles? Do you want to have some romantic time with mom? Should we leave? 
But he says, eventually the boys, they started to light the candles and it became this sort of ritual of food and fire. And more importantly, he says now their family dinners last 20 minutes longer because the atmosphere, the candles puts the boys in a storytelling mood. So instead of just sitting down, shoveling down their food, they sit down, they, uh, they, they talk about the day, they, they sip their wine. And I think it's really fun and interesting to hear and hear that from several sources, how a, a candle can actually um, change how a, a family interact. So I think that's, the, that's one way, uh, easy step towards a, a more hugely Christmas. Uh, and also just put up decorations in general. I've noticed in my own, whenever my experience, whenever I put up Christmas decorations in the house, it makes the house feel smaller, right? Because you got a big giant tree and you have all this greenery everywhere. And just that fact, it kind of closes things in. It just feels, you feel a little more cozy in your house. And I, yeah, I can account to the, the lighting can, uh, the candles can really make a hoogly Christmas. Uh, we have a Christmas party every year. And one year we ended with singing Christmas carols and we gave everyone candles and turned off the lights. And it was really nice. It's also interesting to see uh, for my latest book, uh, I collected more than a thousand happy memories from all over the world. Um, I think we have memories from 75 different countries or something like that. And a lot of them were actually on sort of evenings where people had lost um, power, lost the electricity and, and brought out candles and sat uh, and, and talked about family anecdotes and sort of went completely old school in terms of entertainment. Um, so that, that, that sounds a little bit similar to what you're describing there at the Christmas party. So what about hoogly Christmas smells? What are some of those, do you think? Oh, I mean, to Danes, it would be cinnamon and orange. And um, I think it was actually interesting to see uh, when Hugo exploded uh, as it did uh, with, with the books and, and, and people globally sort of embraced Hugo. And the Financial Times uh, wrote that the Hugo craze and the love of Danish pastry had actually driven up the price of cinnamon on the global market. I thought that was really, really hilarious that, that a book uh, could, could drive up the, the price uh, of spice. But yeah, cinnamon and, um, and oranges, uh, I think, are, are, are some of the things that Danes associate with Christmas. Yeah, I think here in America, for me at least, uh, the smell of a Christmas tree, the pine, smells really good. Yeah. And then also, yeah, cinnamon too as well. And I, there's something interesting too, what I, when I, this is sort of my own experience, like the smell of Christmas decorations. I don't know that for all they have, they for reason they have a smell because I think they all are they're infused with like cinnamon and all those spices. But um, whenever you pull them out and they just kind of it just hit you in the face, it's like, ah, Christmas right. is here. I love it. Yeah. And there you again have the, the memory through association or memory through scent. Um, you know, we smell something, we hear something, we taste something, and then we are instantly transported back uh, to uh, a certain memory. You know, if you put on the, the music you heard in high school, then uh, some, some memories uh, are likely to pop up. What about like sounds? Do you have like sounds you associate with Christmas and Hugo? Oh, I, I guess it would be the carols and I mean, the, 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 the classic music tracks you hear during Christmas. I think that, yeah, that, that triggers certain uh, Christmas memories for me. Right, food is an important part. In fact, you, you offer recipes throughout the book. Um, so like what, what's the type of food you want to eat during Christmas time to feel like, yes, this is, this is Christmas? 
I mean, if, if you're going for a hygge Christmas, then you need to go, you know, sort of classic traditional Danish Christmas. And that is sort of uh, duck or uh, roasted pork uh, and sort of uh, potatoes that are loaded with, with sugar and, and, and red cabbage. So sort of a really sort of traditional set of, of courses you have to have for Christmas. But if you want to make sort of it a more memorable uh, Christmas, then you would have to sort of seek out new experiences and, and try sort of new ingredients. Uh, but of course, I think in many families that would call that would uh, create a, a small uh, you know, revolution uh, and uh, an outcry from from half the family. So perhaps better to stick with tradition for Christmas. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a hard balance. You got to do memorable things, but you also want to respect tradition. Have you found a way to? Have you, I mean, you're in talking to people in your own experience. Have you found a way to balance that? I mean, one thing you could do is to, to introduce a theme for Christmas. Uh, so you, you stick with some traditions, uh, but then you add one element that makes it uh, distinguishable from, from the other years, uh, some sort of uh, element. Um, but I think you know, Christmas, it's one day of year. Uh, so, so maybe best to stick with traditions on that one. Uh, what about any other activities that, you, that in, day, in uh, Denmark they associate Christmas and Hugo together? Oh, I mean, we have uh, Christmas lunches, uh, like I'm sure you do in, in, in the States as well. Um, of course, in Denmark, we bring out, uh, and don't try to pronounce this word at home, but we bring out smørbrød, which is sort of open-faced sandwiches, you know, Danish herring and snaps, and uh, uh, get quite drunk during uh, Christmas parties and, and Christmas lunches. So uh, that that's also a cornerstone of the Danish Christmas tradition. And I guess, you know, bringing tying to this art of making memories. So you can inject some new things maybe, but also another important thing to do during the holidays is to make sure you track it, take pictures, make notes, because if you don't, you're going to forget about it. Right. And also, I mean, you know, I think the time between Christmas and New Year's is a good time to plan a memorable year. So, what kind of activities can we do in the coming 12 months that we are likely to remember uh, 10 years from now? Um, and one of, the, one of the suggestions in the book is to create something I call the Apollo picnic. Um, and you do it on, on July 20th. And the concept is you, you ask your friends and family uh, for a picnic and everybody brings a dish or an ingredient they have not tried before. So it's going to be a new experience. You know, somebody brings Danish herring, somebody brings, I don't know, habanero chili. Um, and that will also mean that you're going to push your comfort zone a little bit. If we do something that scares us, we're also more likely to remember it in the future. And habanero chili should definitely scare you. Um, and you do it on on July 20th um, because that is the anniversary for the moon landing, so the Apollo mission. Uh, so in the future... When you hear about the moon landing and the Apollo mission, that is going to trigger your memory of the Apollo picnic. Uh, so building in triggers like that is, is one of the tools you can apply if you uh, are interested in making a memorable year. And I think we all are. I think, you know, I think we're all striving to achieve sort of an unforgettable life. Uh, I think we all like to have sort of memorable moments to look back on. Uh, and it's also our shared experiences. It's our shared memories and that bind, uh, bind us together with, with people. And if you have kids, I think you know, we're all interested in them you know, looking back on their childhood and thinking of happy times. 
Um, and, and the good news is there's a lot we can do actually to influence what uh, we and our, our family and friends remember. So, okay, uh, use this time at Christmas time, perhaps, and maybe even July to plan out future memories. Christmas time is also a good time to review memories. I remember as a kid growing up, one thing we did around the holidays was watch old videos that my dad took of Christmases when we were kids. And that was a way to review those good memories. Yeah, and, and, and again, I mean, you can use all the five different senses. Um, so even something as crazy as scent. So, uh, so one thing that uh, the artist Andy Warhol would do was he, he wore the same perfume for three months and then never wore that perfume again and switched to another one for three months and so on and so on. And that meant over time he had actually created a museum of scent or museum of memories. So he could say, now I, want to, now I want to go back to the spring of 1982 and then take a whiff of that perfume and then be transported back in time. And um, I think it's, 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 it's a fun, interesting way of doing it. It's way too expensive for my, uh, <laughs> for my budget. Uh, but I think that's a, that's a fun idea. Yeah. He got buried with his favorite perfume. Beautiful. He did. Yeah, my mom wore beautiful. That's why that stood out to me when I read that. You know, one thing my wife does that's similar is after listening to a new music album a lot, she kind of puts it in the memory vault and doesn't listen to it at all for a long time. That way, it's only associated with the period of time in which she first listened to it. So whenever she does take it out and listen to it again, all the memories from that particular period come back really strongly. Um, so let's get back to this idea of huga being connected with doing hard things because it seems like Scandinavians like to do hard things. We recently had Erling Kaga on the show. He's a Norwegian explorer, the first man to take unsupported treks to the North and South Poles. And he had this same idea that you've got to make your life hard so you can really enjoy the downtime. Yeah, and I think, you know, we also, when, when, when we look at happiness, we are also interested in, in looking at unhappiness. Uh, I think our... Uh, you know, every human life is going to have periods of struggle and heartbreak and failure and unhappiness. Uh, and that's part of the human experience. But it also teaches us about happiness. Uh, you know, we appreciate our happy times, our happy periods in life, uh, even more when we also have had to struggle uh, earlier. And I think that's the same point. Uh, you know, we, we enjoy reaching the, the summit of the mountain because of the struggle up there. And so I think there's a lot of, of similarities there. And how do you make Christmas harder, right? To... <laughs> I think Christmas is hard enough as it is. I mean, there's so much you have to do for December. So, uh, so I, I'm not sure we need to make it harder than it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess, so maybe we can use it to reframe, right? So I, I know people get stressed out during the holidays. Like, I got to do all the stuff, got to put up the lights, right. got to put up the tree. Right. Chris, I'm just like, no, this is great because it's all going to lead up to this moment where I can have this super cozy, memorable day with my family. Yeah, yeah true. But it, I mean, what you're saying there actually also reminds me about something from, from the latest book uh, on what we call chore wars. So uh, why couples fight over how big a share of the household chores they do. Um, so if, if you ask people how big a share of the cooking do you do or how big a share of the cleaning do you do and how big a share of the you know, grocery shopping do you do and we add that up between men and, and, and women it always adds up more to more than a hundred percent so you know I'll say uh, I do 
you know, 70% of the, the cooking and uh, Helena, my girlfriend, will say she does 50% of the cooking. So that adds up to 120%. Um, and we see that for every chore on the list. Uh, and the reason why we, we, um, we, we get to that number is that we, we, we remember every time we did a chore uh, because it's a much more vivid uh, experience. Uh, we, uh, enjoy, we, we endured the struggle of putting up the Christmas tree or getting the Christmas tree or making sure that the kids got all the, the presents they wanted. Um, but you know, when somebody else does the chore, you just you know can check it off the, the list. Um, so so that's one of the reasons why we fight uh, over chores. So I guess during the holidays, take that consideration, right? If you're getting angry at your your spouse because they're like not, you don't think, but you know they're actually doing their stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, it's actually writing this book made me, I think, a little bit more tolerant <laughs> because because I understand now how beautifully flawed our, our memory also is. Um, so I've learned uh, a little bit more about, uh, I think, being tolerant of other people's versions of uh, history and the past and uh, acknowledging that I don't necessarily have a monopoly on on truth of what happened. Go back to this idea of doing hard, making Christmas harder. Here's a fun way to make it harder, that I, a, a tradition that I, I've seen in a family. Uh, before they could open Christmas presents, the family had to run a marathon together. Right? So it's like, it wasn't, they didn't run, not, it was like, it was collectively, right? So each of right. them, they had to run enough miles collectively so that it was a marathon. And then they could open Christmas presents. And I was, I mean, I would never do that, but I thought it was a great memory for them, a great tradition. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. I need to call all, all the cousins I haven't spoken to in a, in a few months. Yeah. <laughs> Get them all. Get them, we're going to run a, well, you can snowshoe. I guess, because it's, it's going to be snowy there in Denmark. Uh, you can snowshoe a right. marathon. Well, Mike, where can people go to learn more about the book and your work? Well, I mean, if they're interested in, in happiness research, uh, visit uh, happinessresearchinstitute.com. So all our reports and, and findings are available uh, on our website. Um, and of course, they can check out the books at various uh, booksellers if they're interested in, in taking a deep dive into the Danish Hugo or uh, the art of making memories. As well, Mike Viking, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My guest today was Mike Viking. He's the author of the books, The Little Book of Huga, Dana's Secrets to Happy Living, and The Art of Making Memories, both available on Amazon.com. You can find out more information about his work at his website, happinessresearchinstitute.com. Also, check out our show notes at aom.is slash cozy. We can find links to resources where you can delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the AWIM podcast. Check out our website at artofmanliness.com where you can find our podcast archives as well as thousands of articles we've written over the years about how to have a great Christmas, great holiday season. A lot of articles there. Check it out. And if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It helps out a lot. And if you've done that already, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who would think we get something out of it. And if you'd like to enjoy ad-free episodes of the Art of Manliness podcast, you can do so on Stitcher Premium. Head over to stitcherpremium.com, sign up. Once you're signed up, well, actually, before you sign up, use code MANLINESS. You get a free month trial of Stitcher Premium. Once you're signed up, download the Stitcher app on Android or iOS. And you can start enjoying ad-free episodes of the Art of Manliness podcast. As always, thank you for the continued support. Until next time, this is Brett McKay reminding you not only listen to the AOM podcast, but put what you've heard into action. I'm what you might call very good at hide and seek. 
And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 